Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, the Phillies have announced who's going to be starting their first two spring training games. So who are you going to see on the mound? Well, we'll tell you who and what you're going to be watching for during those guys' starts. Also, I've had some requests for an update on just what's going on around Clearwater. So we're going to get into some of the things that have happened since the Phillies reported down there to spring training. And finally, we're 35 days away from opening day. and Another Phillies legend is our pick for today's countdown. We'll get into that on today's episode of Locked on Phillies. You are Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube. It takes like two seconds. You can do it really easily. It gets you notifications when new episodes are posted, and it really helps us out here on Locked On Phillies. So if you enjoy the content, that is the number one way that you can tell us, hey, you're doing a good job. So appreciate everyone who's done that already and appreciate everyone who's going to do that. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. And appreciate you all being with me today. So the spring training starters for the first couple of games have been announced for the Philadelphia Phillies. The discrepancy between the two guys, it is large. So the first game, against the Toronto Blue Jays, which will be this Saturday, is going to be started by Colby Allard. Now, Colby Allard was an offseason signing. He's a guy with a little bit of major league experience that the Phillies think could potentially be a depth option in the starting rotation. So uh, here's what I look for for Allard in game one against the Blue Jays on Saturday. That would be one of those, okay, does this guy feel like a major league pitcher? It's hard to tell in spring training sometimes, but here are the things that a major league coach is going to look for when it comes to the performance of those players. First, they're going to look at control. That's first and foremost. Can you hit your spot? That's more important than stuff. That's more important than velocity. That is the base level to pitching in general. Can you hit spots? If you want a fastball low and out, do you throw that fastball low and out? If you want a curveball buried in the dirt, can you hit that spot? That's the starting point to getting to a place where your manager can trust you. And then on top of that, you want to see, well, how is he as far as contact rate? Like, are you getting hard contact off this guy? Is he inducing swings and misses? Does he have strikeout stuff? Like now, if you're walking the park, like we were just talking about with control, it doesn't matter if you have good stuff. But if you can control the ball and you have good stuff, the third thing that you look for is poise. Is he comfortable out there? Now, it's the first start of spring training, so it's not going to be judged incredibly harshly. Uh, And I don't know that I would look into this too much and say, well, they're starting Colby Allard for the first game of spring training. Is he going to be on the roster? I'd be really surprised if Colby Allard is on the opening day roster. Tomorrow, I'm going to give you my latest breakdown of the opening day roster projection based on just my own opinion. And I don't think Colby Allard is going to be on it, but – Here's what happens. Let's say Ranger Suarez, like he has in past years, has an issue in spring training or early on in the season. You need to bring somebody up to fill a spot pitching-wise. Colby Allard could be that guy. 
you got a couple of names of guys that could potentially fill that role. Nick Nelson, Connor Brogdon, Dylan Covey, guys like that. Junior Marte would just be arms that maybe you'd make a like last-ditch emergency start out of. Matt Strom would probably get the first nod considering he did it last year for the team. But Colby Allard's a guy with starting experience at the major league level. He's not a huge signing, and the Phillies signed into a minor league deal, so it's not like you're looking at a guy that's guaranteed to make the roster. But I think it'll be a fun look to see what kind of depth the Philadelphia Phillies have. The average MLB team, I've heard numbers all over the place on this, but like anywhere from eight to 10 starters are going to be used over the course of a 162 game season. The Phillies have been well below that lately because Aaron Nola is durable. Zach Wheeler's durable. Taiwan Walker was very durable last year. I mean, Christopher Sanchez had a great year. They've had a couple injuries here and there. Ranger Suarez being a main recipient of that bad luck, but eventually that luck's going to run out. That's not the worst thing in the world. That's just baseball. That's natural. The goal is to have guys healthy by the postseason, and the Phillies are very good at preparing the team for that. But it doesn't mean that in June or July you're not going to miss a couple weeks, and you need to have guys in the minors or guys in the bullpen that are comfortable stepping in and giving you three or four innings in a spot start. And Colby Allard, they believe, could be one of those guys. So take a look at what he's got against the Blue Jays on Saturday. Also, he'll be the first guy to take the mound for the Phillies in the year 2024. So credit to him for earning that in spring training so far, and hopefully he takes that opportunity and runs with it. That's more of a light evaluation. The next one's going to be interesting because the Phillies play the Yankees on Sunday. They got back-to-back games, and the guy who's starting on Sunday, it's not like Colby Howard. We're very familiar with this guy. Aaron Nola is going to get the ball on Sunday, and that's going to be very interesting because it's even-year Nola. It's his first time pitching set the contract, well, the re-signing and the huge money given. Not that I think that's going to affect Aaron Nola. He's the same guy every time. But what did Aaron Nola struggle with last year? What are the things you want to keep an eye on? He had solid velocity, no issue with that. He had solid stuff still, not a lot of issue with that. What Aaron Nola's issue was, not so much command as far as throwing strikes, it was command in the strike zone. When he was missing, he was missing in bad spots, and that's why you saw the home run numbers at a career high. Like It wasn't, oh, I missed my spot a little bit, okay, it's a ball outside. It was, I'm missing at the letters or belt high, and I'm giving up absolute tanks to guys. So I just want to see Aaron Nola keep the ball down in the zone, execute the pitches, handle that well. And the other thing that I think will be really interesting, he got better at it as the year went on. But Aaron Nola was one of the players that the Philadelphia Phillies just kind of, it was always talked about. He's not great with the pitch clock. He likes to move at his own pace. The pitch clock sped him up. He was already not good with runners on base prior to that. And that just kind of, accentuated a problem that already existed. And then over the course of the season, he seemed to settle in. The postseason, he was excellent. So that's another thing to keep an eye on with Aaron Nola. How does he handle the pitch clock in spring training? Does he strike you as a guy as he enters his second year with having to deal with a time restriction on how long he can take till he delivers the baseball? Does he seem that he's adapted? It'll probably also be a good sign to tell us whether or not the Phillies and Major League Baseball in general has adapted. Were you thinking about the pitch clock at all in the postseason? I have not heard one person since the season ended bring up the pitch clock or 
pitch clock violations or anything like that. So that's probably a good sign that MLB's gambled that this wouldn't affect the game too much worked out. And Aaron Nola was one of the pitchers who seemed least comfortable with it, at least with the Phillies. So chances are if he seems much more comfortable with it on Sunday, the whole team's going to be at a place where they're like, okay, we have gotten to a level where this is the new norm. We did it for a year. We're back for the second year. We know how this is going to feel. And that would just probably mean better success for everybody, right? The more comfortable you are with the parameters of the game, the better you're going to perform. doesn't mean like career high years for everybody because they know how to like utilize the pitch clock now. But what it does mean is guys like Nola, who struggled last year and attributed or it was attributed secondhand to the pitch clock and the change in the game like that, have adapted over the time that it's been implemented. So that's what I'm watching for Nola. I don't need to see him go like three scoreless innings. Also, something to keep in mind, too. It's going to be very, very minimal innings. I'm expecting two, maybe three innings from these guys, especially considering it's the first start. Like I would be looking at two innings out of them to go ahead and get that going. Also, because you have a lot of guys you want to see out of the bullpen. Uh, But for Nola, don't try and be too critical. If he gives up a home run and thought, oh, no, the bad error Nola from last year is back. Like that's just not going to be a realistic response to have. I'm just excited to see Nola pitch again. Because spring training is a lot of Nick Nelson starting, Colby Allard starting, uh, Dylan Covey starting, guys like that. And I just I want to see one of the guys who's going to be a main pitcher for this team get out there and throw and see what he's got. Yankees, I mean, Soto's there now. They got a lot of guys that are very interesting to watch. Judge, of course, still over there. They got a solid squad. I don't know who all is going to be playing or who Aaron Ola is going to face, but it'll be a good little test to see what type of consistency he's maintained over the offseason and what he's taken from the postseason last year to try and turn it into success. Again, here's my rule. I say this every spring training. I'm saying it again right now. This is the first time I brought it up this year, but I need you to hear me on this. I need you to remember, please do not overreact to spring training. Don't go crazy if he has a bad outing, if either of these guys have bad outings. Don't, like, if someone goes 0 for 4 at the dish, like, ah, well, he's in for a down year. Like, no, take a deep breath. It's just spring training. They're just working on things. There's a chance there, Nola. Like, I don't know this for a fact or anything, but I'm just saying, like, this is the thought process behind spring training. There's a chance Nola goes out there and throws, like, 20 fastballs, doesn't even throw a breaking ball, and just moves on about his training. That's not indicative of what he's going to do this season. They're working on things. So if he doesn't have success, that could be a situation where it's just, getting used to things he's working on. He's not actually trying to pitch critically. He's trying to spot a breaking ball low and away to right-handed batters, and that's all he's working on. And then he's trying to spot a two-seam inside on the hands to a left-handed batter, one of his signature pitches. Like, that could be the whole game plan for Aaronola. It's not a win-or-lose-matters type of game. So please reserve judgment until a little bit later on. I know there's going to be people who freak out about spring training performances, good or bad. And most times you end up looking silly for doing that. So I just ask you, save the stress, save your breath, enjoy that there's baseball going to be back, but don't lose your mind over what happens in these games. Just watch for those things I was talking about. They're not indicative of a result. I'm not saying Aaron Nola don't give up a home run. I'm saying, Show me command. Show me not missing in bad spots. 
show me poise when it comes to runners on base. Colby Allard, show me you can hit spots. Show me you can get guys out. Show me you can be comfortable on the mound against this level of competition. He has done it in the past, but we haven't seen it here in Philadelphia because he's a new signing. So those are the things to look for. But again, Colby Allard is going to start game one against the Blue Jays. Aaron Nola is going to start game two against the New York Yankees. So we know who we're going to see on the mound, at least for the first inning or two of the first spring training games. I'm excited. We're right around the corner. We don't know who's going to play in the games yet as far as position players, but that just shows you how close we are to seeing game action, even if it doesn't count, down there in Clearwater, Florida. Speaking of what's going on down there in Clearwater, I've had comments from people saying, can you give us an update on what's going on in Clearwater, what the teams are doing during training, everything going on? And I want to bring you the content that you want. So we're going to do that coming up. I'm going to just give you an update on what's been going on the past three days since they started full squad workouts down there in Florida and just some things that have happened with the Philadelphia Phillies and things you should be aware of. So we're going to get in that coming up as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Let me tell you about game time first, though, because we've all been in this situation. There's a game you want to go to. You didn't get tickets to the last minute. You end up paying like ridiculous amounts of money or your seat sucks because there are good ones. You got to go to a sketchy site where you don't know if you're getting the best deal. You show up, you're sitting behind a pole. You can't even see the game, right? Come on. Or maybe you're going to a theater, a comedy show, something like that. Well, game time is the best way to do it. They have so many ways to make sure that you know exactly what seat you're getting and that the price is great value for where you're going to be sitting. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They've got all-in prices, so they'll show you your total up front. It's not like, okay, your total is $40, and then you go to check out, that's $4,000 because of fees and stuff like that. They'll tell you everything up front. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two quick taps right on your phone, and they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts. Like, you can just get game time tickets anytime. It's the place to find last-minute deals. You can also be sure you're getting a great deal with the game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time's going to credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Who wants to guess? You just want to go to the game. So do that with game time. And plus, if you download the game time app, you create an account, and you just punch in code Locked On, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. For a regular season game, you find $40 tickets, $20 off. That's half off one of those tickets. That's a great deal. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. So download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So what exactly has been going on down in Clearwater? Well, a lot of things have happened. Today was actually a pretty active day for the Philadelphia Phillies. So I'm going to read you this tweet here from Matt Gelb. Matt Gelb down there covering the team, has covered the team for years. And he had a hilarious tweet from earlier today because there's been some issues just across the world, right? Not across the world, I guess, but across the country with cell service and everything. So this is a tweet from Matt Gelb. Many cell phones aren't working. A bird, I'll clean this up a little bit, went to the bathroom on Aaron Nola's shoulder this morning during photo day. So I don't know if that means that Aaron Nola is going to have a big like white spot on his shoulder during the the actual pictures they use for the team. Then the entire Phillies complex lost power. So just another day down in spring training, right? 
I'll tell you what is good because we talked about Aaron Nola a little bit, but the bird going to the bathroom on your shoulder is usually a sign of good luck. People treat that as good luck. It's like a dragonfly landing on your fishing line or something like that. But I don't treat it as good luck because I don't want to have to clean my clothes from uh, bird waste. But that could be the sign that people need. If you're a uh, superstitious person out there, you hear that about Aaron Nola, place your Aaron Nola Cy Young bets now, ladies and gentlemen. The bird already chose. Hey, well, it's better than what Randy Johnson did to a bird back in the day. Anyway, that's one of the things that happened. Hmm, what are some other things that happened in spring training that you should be aware of? Uh, Brandon Marsh has been jogging. He's going to track pitches on the virtual pitch track thing now. So he's not swinging yet, but he's been getting some jogging in. He's getting closer. He had that knee procedure. So he's getting to a point where he can actually step in and see some pitches and see like just track them in, get a feel for what the velocity is, the movement, and things like that. Nowhere near a game situation, but it does mean he's another step in in his return to play. So that's good news. Um, bucket hats are back, and I'm not talking about actual bucket hats. No, buckets being put on people's heads. Bryson Stott put a bucket entirely on his head during one of the drills. So that was uh, an indicator. If you thought the daycare was dead and that these guys are too old and uh, the daycare's got to grow up now. Don't hold your breath on that one. If he's still walking around spring training with a bucket on his head, I'd say the daycare is alive and well for Bryson Stott. So <laughs> that's just funny. Uh, another cute moment, too. People are going to love this. Nick Castellanos had his son Liam there. Of course, Liam is the unofficial mayor of the Philadelphia Phillies, and he's at all the games when he can be, when he doesn't have to be at school. Liam's out there taking outfield uh, practice. He's, like, shagging fly balls. And it's funny, uh, Nick Castellanos actually hit a ball in batting practice to Liam, and they put the Phillies' social media, put a side-by-side. -side. Liam has the exact same mannerisms and motions to the ball that Nick has. It's just, you love to see that because you love to see players grow up around the game. Think about some of the great players in history of any sport. Patrick Mahomes grew up in a locker room because his father played. Ken Griffey Jr., believe it or not, was around Ken Griffey Sr. a lot growing up. I mean, there are a lot of people around sports that just Steph Curry grew up around his dad, Del Curry, in a locker room in Charlotte. I'd say that kid turned out all right. In fact, I'd say Griffey, Mahomes, and um, Steph Curry all turned into some of the greatest athletes to ever live. Now, am I saying Nick Castellanos' son, Liam, is going to be the next great son of someone of it? I don't know, man, but I just think it's a fun moment to see uh, Liam continue to grow and almost feels like uh, watching your own kid grow up. But it's awesome to see how they're making everything friendly for everyone down there. That's the one thing that I've just gotten the vibe from, from everything I'm seeing for spring training. This team running it back had already a really good locker room chemistry, and that is just amplified a billion percent since being down there in Clearwater and going through what they have over the offseason, everything like Chemistry builds on itself as you keep the team together. And that's the upside of keeping the team together. So there's your little clear water update of some things that happened that I just thought were funny, interesting, cool to see or hear about. And uh, hopefully that uh, fills your need of like what's going on. Obviously, I haven't played games yet. It's really minimal stuff. They're like spending some time golfing. I saw a video of Brandon Marsh recording Garrett Stubbs golfing. So it's just like they're going to take a couple ground balls. They're going to get a workout in, and then they're going to go do whatever and enjoy the sun. The life of a professional baseball player, huh? Must be nice.
but that's a little update and there's not all that much going on. So we'll keep you tuned in to what happens when the game starts and spring training ramps up a little bit. Coming up as we wrap up today's episode, we got our opening day countdown. We're at number 35 in the countdown, and this one's an easy pick. There's not even a close second to consider. An all-time great Philly is on the list at number 35. If you know the Phillies, you know who it's going to be. We'll get into it as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. Let me tell you about FanDuel first, because you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Let me tell you, tonight, the Sixers, back in action. It's their first game since the All-Star break, so you can start betting on NBA basketball again. And they got some new players. Buddy Heald was acquired at the trade deadline. Cameron Payne and Kyle Lowry, Philadelphia's own Kyle Lowry, is making his debut in a Sixers uniform at the Wells Fargo Center. Villanova guy, Cardinal Doherty High School. I mean, when you look at that, you say, oh, he might have a big game. But you could place $5 bet on that, you win it, and then you get $150 in bonus bets, all for you to use. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you can shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right. Number 35 in our opening day countdown. I'll give you a second to take a guess. You hear that, everybody? That was the sound of every single Phillies fan ever yelling out Cole Hamels. And you're absolutely right. There's no 35 in Phillies history that even comes close. I know normally I list out like other names that were 35, but frankly, thank goodness Cole Hamels were 35, or I don't know that I would have another pick. He was clearly a Phillies legend the MVP of the 2008 World Series. We'll always love him for that. Hollywood, Cole Hamels is, I mean, say what you want about him reaching his ceiling as a pitcher, but my goodness, did he have a great career here in Philadelphia? And he was the catalyst pitching-wise for that World Series victory. You do not have a ring in my lifetime or a lot of your out there listening's lifetime if Cole Hamels doesn't exist. And, man, that guy is just like – soft-spoken California kid didn't always meet like fit the mold of the city of Philadelphia, the rough and tumble town, but what a pitcher he was. And there's no one else who wore the number 35 Jersey that came anywhere close to what Cole Hamels did for the Philadelphia Phillies. So I know people talked about potentially trying to bring him back for years, obviously not reality anymore at his age, but it's nice to remember the 2008 team and, some guys from that team were all-time greats with their uniform number, just all-time greats in general. So we'll hear from a couple more of those guys later on in our countdown as we progress closer to opening day on March 28th. Today, number 35, the best in Phillies history, it's got to be Cole Hamels. Kid brought us a World Series, and he was a kid at that point. We'll always be thankful for it. Hopefully you're thankful for this episode of Locked on Phillies, but that's all for the show. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to YouTube, all that great stuff. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And tomorrow, my latest roster prediction for the opening day 26, man. I'll tell you how it's changed with the Whit Merrifield signing and a couple other guys that have joined the team since my last one. We'll also look forward to the first spring training game for the Philadelphia Phillies. So I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.